Today on the Topping Show, Bud Light gives an anemic apology, Mr. Beast gets political, media hunts down Pentagon whistleblower, Ron DeSantis signs a six-week abortion ban, Japan set to open their very first casino, Best Buy announcing layoffs, venture capital boosting in Miami, Walmart sells off yet another previous acquisition. All of that and much, much more on the Topping Show. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's episode of the Topic Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. If you're a business owner or an IT leader, use a little assistance. Reach them at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Heck, I see the owner at least twice a day. I have to say he's quite handsome and brilliant. Which, it's because he's me. That's the joke. Now, jumping into the business part of the podcast, and actually, before we even jump into that, I want to thank everyone in the comments for their feedback. I'm trying a new approach where I actually have three monitors in front of me for my daily job on the desk. So I have a couple areas I'm able to read some of the content. So working on trying to keep the eye contact up and only going to reference the laptop when I really need to dive into specific quotes or more of a long detailed analogy from, in today's case, Budweiser. So I appreciate everyone's feedback as we try to make the show better and better every day. Now, jumping into the business part of the podcast, you had a venture capital boosting in Miami. Now, crazy enough, also Chicago. So Miami and Chicago go both led the way in venture capital funding with faster rates in the tech investment than anywhere else. Last year, though, San Francisco still had a venture capital influx of $74.9 billion, which sounds like a lot until you realize, or rather, I did a little more investigating. That's the smallest amount of market share of venture capital tech investment since 2012. Now, yeah, Miami's growth of rate for venture capital funding is 278% compared to the previous year. And Chicago is 231%. So both astronomical numbers. In terms of the top, you also have Denver coming in at 123% increase and Philadelphia coming in at a 93% increase. So it's pretty astonishing. Even the all the uncertainty in the economy there's still a lot of venture capital succeeding as they all try to play that favorite gambling game of will they find the new gem for the new facebook the new tesla what have you as it's a fascinating economy or rather fascinating industry which is very similar to publishing media outlets where you have books and movies most of them are going to break even or more often than not lose money however the only reason they stay in business and then grow is because they know they will find that one winner or go defunct, go out of business. Nevertheless, it's that hope that keeps them going. Now, going over to the sad part of the business news, you have Best Buy announcing that they'll be having some layoffs. Layoffs are gonna affect hundreds of store workers as many more consumers shift to online sales. And of course, you have the consumer electronics decreasing. Now, the Best Buy rep actually noticed specifically, quote, evolving our stores and our experiences, we offer to better reflect the changes in consumer shopping behavior, unquote. Of course, they could just do something to really improve the consumer shopping behavior, or rather the consumer experience, have your stuff in stock. And I've said this before about Best Buy, it drives me insane. If I need a specific cord or power supply for laptop and I don't wanna wait 24 hours to get it, Best Buy's greatest value is that they're supposed to have it in stock. And it's gotten to the point where, just go to Walmart, because they won't have the diverse of SKUs or products on their shelves or more realistically on their e-commerce platform but walmart will have the crap you need or maybe 
more positively, the accessories you might need for your computers and peripherals if you're in a pinch, and they have a pretty robust stock. So any of the random times I need a flash drive or an HDMI cable or a power cord, more often than not, Walmart has it. Best Buy's detriment, the detriment of Best Buy is first, their big problem is they're not the first thing you think of or I think of when it comes to immediate gratification or immediate remediation of problems where I need some components. And when you go there, it's not in stock. So again, if they were to fix that problem and that reputation, something as simple as just run out a marketing program that says, we have it. Just put that on the billboard. We have it, or we have IT. Something to the effect to communicate to customers, when you are in absolute need, come to our store, which is a hard spot retail, convincing the consumers to get in the store. We will have it, we will facilitate your needs, we'll help guide you through the process. Whereas now it's almost like a self-serve. So when I went in, I believe it was a couple months ago, I need a display port to HDMI cable. And it was because one of my cables broke. So I didn't want to wait for the Amazon couple days to get here. I'm one, I'm part of the 1% of Americans, I believe, that don't have Amazon Prime. But I went to Best Buy and it, it wasn't there. I was like, how does electronic store not have an electronic that I need? And it wasn't some, it's maybe not the standard HDMI to HDMI, but it's still part of the main stuff you're supposed to carry. So it's one of those things where I'll be interested to see what best moves Best Buy makes on the chessboard to ensure they're not the next Circuit City or Fry's Electronics. Best Buy is a lot more diverse in terms of they carry other kitchen accessories. They have stoves, fridges, and they also have cell phones to help boost the company revenue. But I'll be interested to see what they do to ensure that they can hopefully grow back and hire some of those employees they unfortunately will have to let go in the short term. Now, other fascinating businesses, Japan is set to open their very first casino. Now, casino is scheduled to open in the western city of Osaka over in 2029. Now, casinos for the longest time have been illegal in Japan, but they passed a law back in 2018. Now, that provides exceptions for games such as poker, baccarat, and of course, a justification, like many other places, is to increase jobs and boost their tourism business. Now, the project has an initial investment of about 1.8 trillion yen, which in translated to actual U.S. dollars, is about 13.5 billion U.S. dollars. Depends every day based on the exchange rate, but ballpark, that's what it's going to cost. Now, U.S.-based MGM and Japan-based Oryx Group will each own a 40% stake in the company, and the final 20% will be owned by local-based West Japan Rail, Kanesai Electric Power, and Osaka-based Panasonic, which one of the most diverse companies of all time, if you see all the things they manufacture and they support. Now, officials estimate that they will get about 20 million visitors a year, bringing in about 1 trillion yen in annual economic benefits to the region. Now, the devil's in the details. That's not for the one casino. That means for all the surrounding areas that are going to be positively affected by the tourism. You think of all the, all the local things that you might go to on the way there. You have gas stations, convenience stores, hotels, if they don't have one built into the casino. So there's a, lot, there's a lot of a increased ripple effect when it comes to economic benefits of these similar projects. It'll be interesting to see how this affects Japanese culture when for the longest time they never had a casino. Many people associate casinos with vice and some people think it's immoral. Others think it's a highly addictive activity. It'll be interesting to see if the locals embrace the casino and they 
go there or if it is primarily just for tourists to go as an attraction. So it'll be interesting to see how will that actually affect everyone once this gets off the ground. Now, going on over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Bud Light. Bud Light. Now, they gave an apology as vague, as anemic as the actual taste of Bud Light, which is it's kind of a beer, I think. Again, it's probably been 15 years since I had one, but they finally broke their two weeks of social media silence. So they finally spoke on Friday, April 14th, and two weeks in social media is perhaps a lifetime or 10 years translating to the real world. Most companies and businesses, they put out items or they put out articles and tweets and posts sometimes multiple times a day, especially if it's a news outlet. Now, many are calling it the worst apology and it is, it reads almost like a politician. So if I actually pull up the apology, this is from the CEO who a lot of people, the conspiracy theory is already coming out. The CEO used to be a CIA agent. Now, try not to fall asleep, but to give you an accurate representation of the actual apology, and they had a BS, or sorry, they had a video, very compelling, and I sarcastically say it as much as I can. It was a cliche, we're America type of video. We have local employees, you know, we believe in the same values we have. And it just failed on every level. People on the left, politically, they think they're stabbing, they're maliciously throwing their spokesperson, spokesman, spokeswoman, Dylan under the bus. And then you have people on the right who are saying this isn't good enough. This isn't even specifically addressing that actual thing. So without further ado, this is what the CEO said. As CEO of a company founding in America's heartland more than 165 years ago, I'm responsible for ensuring every consumer feels proud of the beer we brew, unquote. Epic failed because you alienated your core consumer base. You did increase some market share, perhaps. We're still waiting on the sales data, but you might have appeased some people on the left, but a lot of people on the right are feeling completely alienated. It goes on. We are honored to be a part of the fabric of the country. Anheuser-Busch employs more than 18,000 people and our independent distributors employ in addition 47,000 valued colleagues. We have thousands of partners, millions of fans, and our proud history supporting our communities, military, first responders, sports fans, and hardworking Americans everywhere, unquote. Again, a bureaucratic politician, could, it's almost like they copy-paste from whoever's running for office these days. It's so ambiguous and so vague, it means absolutely nothing which is what politicians, many of them, do best, left and right. Now, it continues, quote, We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people together over a beer, unquote. Well, you certainly failed. You certainly did bring everyone together in the fact that many people are angry on the left and on the right, which takes a certain amount of sense, usually unreserved from actually talented comedians. When you can make everyone in the room angry or in comedian's sake, if you can make them all laugh, that's a unique talent. If you can piss off everyone, that is a unique talent to have. It goes on, quote, My time serving this country taught me the importance of accountability and the values upon which America was founded. Freedom, hard work, and respect for one another. As CEO of Anheuser-Busch, I'm focused on bringing and protecting our remarkable history and heritage. Unquote. Yeah, it gets worse or more entertaining. 
It continues, I care deeply about this country and this company, our brands and our partners. I spend much of my time traveling across America, listening to and learning from our customers, distributors, and others, unquote. Clearly, you did not. And as far as I could tell, there's only been a couple third-party media sources that claim the VP of Marketing as she's been fired for this. I haven't seen a reputable source to actually verify that claim. Now, in terms of her move, she will never be fired again wherever she works. Because any of the companies, most, many of them have marketing campaigns targeting people on the left, they will hire her in a New York minute. And she will never be fired because from their, from their perspective, from what I hear, it's about sending a message and it's less about the actual fiscal results of the campaigns. And in that sense, she certainly succeeded. Now, their sales are falling. We'll see what the long-term effects are. However, back to this amazing public statement, quote-unquote. He says, moving, quote, moving forward, I will continue to work tirelessly to bring great beers to consumers across the nation. Mr. Whitworth, CEO, Anheuser-Busch, unquote. Now, that was, now that you have that whole copy-paste message, it did not clarify the actual topic that people were upset about or people were disturbed about. It didn't address the fact that they chose a spokesperson that goes against many of the company's historical consumer bases and historical values. And the CEO just pissed off everyone. So pretty, pretty ineffective to say the least. Now, another great place to learn about opinions, the public square known as Twitter. That's where the most enlightening conversations of humanity take place. I say that some, only moderately sarcastically. It's a lot of amusing things, but it is where a lot of people go to express their opinions, left, right, center, what have you. Now, in regard to the social media post, I did a little digging and found a phenomenon in situations in which your Twitter posts get more comments or tweets than your actual statement. In that case, you are considered ratioed, as kids call it. And they also say that if someone replies to your tweet and they get more likes than you, you have also been ratioed. Rudimentary speaking, or simply put, more people agree with the, not your core statement, but the supplementary statements. Now, the CEO, Mr. Whitworth, I don't know what they were thinking, but they got back onto social media and it is going to be a shit show for maybe a year. Because if you go on their Twitter right now, and I recommend it just based on the novelty, it'll be highly amusing. And again, I appreciate everyone's patience. We will get to the point where I'll be able to put up a graphic to show these things in real time. In the meantime, I looked on Twitter and they attempted to have a unbiased po uh, post just saying TGIF with traditionally stands for thank goodness it's Friday. Also, it's a good restaurant. Now, they had a post where they said TGIF and they tried to just celebrate the fact that it's a Friday. What are you doing this weekend? Kind of a cliche thing a lot of companies do. And that post got 11,600 replies, nearly 1,000 quote tweets. But it only got 250 retweets, so that's when someone actually just forwards it like an email, forward it. 
and 2,600 likes. And they are also hiding a myriad of comments, which are highly amusing, many of which would get me kicked off YouTube. Now, as you can guess, most of the comments are pejorative, negative, basically hinting at the company stabbing them in the back as they feel they've been betrayed, and a lot of amusing anecdotal memes involving Dil Mulvaney, their new spokesman, spokesperson, whatever, whatever, whatever vernacular you choose. So they might just go on a media blackout again because they, with the current environment, I don't see how they could win by posting anything. They're not appeasing their customers and they're not appeasing the people that they were trying to originally appease with that marketing campaign. It seems like a no-win situation. So I just don't see a way out of this. And it'll be interesting to see, even if they come out with a statement that actually does address the actual issue, if they do that, they will face an even greater, exponentially greater backlash from the folks on the left who traditionally speaking, you look at boycotts historically, they execute those much more effectively than conservatives ever have. Now I do commend conservatives, they actually, they actually got a company to respond to them, which is basically unprecedented. It's not a huge achievement. if you, This is a historically more conservative company. You look at their political donations, you look at their customer base. But for the conservatives to actually boycott something successfully, I haven't seen that in 10 plus years that I've been studying these from a business perspective and that I've been looking into more of the political connections and fascinating things that happen when you mix all these things together. So it'll be interesting to see if the backlash from this, which is already pissing off some people, will that backlash be even greater? Some might argue people in that category traditionally do not buy Bud Light. It might be a lot of noise, but what is going to affect their sales short term, long term? And again, we are going to see this in fiscal quarters. That's it's a publicly traded company. That's when you're going to see the actual sales results. Now, going on to the culture part of the podcast, we have one of the most difficult situations Mr. Beast has ever been put in. Now, Mr. Beast has chosen sides in the trans ideological development or cultural phenomenon, whatever you want to call the issue or the topic. Now, historically, Mr. Beast is a philanthropic YouTuber. He's gained a lot of provenance, doing a lot of great things, helping a lot of people with his YouTube stunts. One of my favorite ones is actually he cured 1,000 or 10,000 people of blindness. He literally took money, went to the hospital. He paid the hospital to perform those operations. He filmed the reactions thanks to the monetization, a.k.a. YouTube paying him ad revenue. He takes that money and reinvests it so he can keep doing more and more good. So he's done a lot of great things, and traditionally speaking, most of his audience, or much of his audience, are children. And he is the most popular person on YouTube, bar none. More popular than Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, all of your cultural pop, pop musicians, comedians. And I think the only thing on YouTube globally bigger than his channel is a division of Sony Studios in India. To get, and so his one channel has over, I think, 150 million followers. Correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. And he also has all these other supplementary channels where he has like Beast Reacts, where it's just him reacting to things. In addition to his stunts, he has many channels, many languages. Bar none, the most popular person on YouTube. And traditionally speaking, one of the reasons that parents have allowed their children to watch that material and how he's gained a very wide audience is he does not talk politics. He's not going to tell you who he voted for, what policies on, on Capitol Hill he doesn't agree with. It's very and traditionally upbeat, euphoric, happy little um, show. 
there's not a lot of uh, controversy or really spicy things, so to say. However, everything changed last week. Now, one of his sidekicks, sidekicks on the show, who's been with him for quite some time, he has a couple friends by him, usually in the room, help carrying the conversation, providing value in that regard, and being a part of the whole experience. One of those folks is by the name Chris Tyson. He alone has one million followers, I believe, on Twitter and all the other media outlets combined. And Chris decided, or I don't know if Chris, if he or she, I don't know the progress or what they're going by at the moment, but Chris decided to go on HRT. Now, HRT, for those who aren't part of the cultural conversation, has been one of the most polarizing topics the past couple of years. It stands for Hormone Replacement Therapy, and that's a therapy in which men will take estrogen in order to transition to be more feminine or to become female. And again, this is all very new to me, so if I get anything wrong, let me know in the comments. And then you have females taking testosterone. Much of the controversy especially is around the children use case where children are taking these drugs that are were engineered and prescribed for cancer patients, now going off-label using for puberty blockers, for example. They're not being used as designed, which technically is a, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's an issue with the FDA. It's called going off-label. Um, if you're in pharmaceutical sales, the first thing they tell you is do not go off-label. We'll get sued into oblivion because the FDA approved us, the Federal Drug Administration approved us for one very specific thing. That's what our drug does. If you want to do other things, we need to go reapply to the FDA. Now, Chris had a wife as well as a son. And he starts taking these HRT, I believe they're called, I forget if they're called supplements or just drugs, but taking those substances. Um, subsequently, the family separated. And I believe they're now filing for divorce. And he's actually having, there's a, I believe his Twitter, he had a picture of his son wearing high heels saying something about he owns it or something to that regard. And he's also, of course, he's changed his look or her look with having longer hair, more of a feminine clothing. I don't know what we call the skirt things where it's like a skirt and a top in one. Nevertheless, I'm by no means any, I'm, I'm no means a fashion expert. I'm no Ralph Lauren. I know clothes have buttons sometimes, but you have this situation where now the family no longer, the son no longer has a father and the wife no longer has a husband. Many people don't agree with that decision. And because it's a kid's show, Chris is still on the show. And on Twitter, where he has a lot of kids following him, he is bombastically talking about the positives of what his actions are. And Mr. Beast was put in a very precarious situation. Because think about it from his perspective, he doesn't like politics. He wants to he wants to have the widest audience possible. He wants people on the left, on the right, in the middle. He wants them all to enjoy his product, which is his channel or his videos. So because the more views he gets, the more money he gets, the more he can reinvest into the business, the more he can do good with his philanthropic activities. So Mr. Beast has put in a situation where if he says nothing, people on the right are going to get pissed. And people on the left are going to get pissed because they'll say he's not supporting Chris. He's not a good friend. But then if he goes, he was damned if he did, damned if he don't. Part of me respects his decision of supporting his friend. Now, 
quote unquote, Mr. Beast, in response to a lot of the people pushing against Chris's choices online, Mr. Beast said, quote, yeah, this is getting bizarre. Chris isn't a nightmare. He's my effing friend and things are fine. All this transphobia is starting to piss me off. And by making that statement, he is endorsing that practice. And a lot of people are concerned, especially parents. These kids are very, kids are very malleable in their belief system. And if they're spending a majority of the day on their cell phone, which is idiotic and foolish to begin with, again, uh, just give kids books. You know what's inside. And guess what? Pretty hard to hack or insert malicious. You can't update this at 12.01 a.m. and put some malicious text in there that's heinous or unethical they're great pick one up now you have kids that are absorbing all this content very impressionable children by mr beast having that person participate in the show they're going to further bolster the idea that it is a societal good or appropriate thing to do many parents are not going to agree with that some on the left, many traditionally on the right, as we see this type of situation and this phenomenon further divide the United States. It is more or less along party lines. And again, the, the core issue, I talked to a lot of folks who are more conservative as well as some liberal, the folks that are more on the right, their primary concern is once you're under 18, and that's where they're really concerned of, well, we do not, there's no study about the long-term effect of any of these drugs or procedures. This is the use case. It's reality. It's now. We won't know the long term for years. And they're more conservative by nature. That means less changes. You're introducing a very drastic change, including physical surgeries as well as drugs. And they're not going to want to watch their, have their kids absorb and watch that content. And if you look at the ratio, now there are some plugins where you actually look at the downvotes as well as the upvotes on YouTube videos. Um, which is another funny thing that social media got rid of just because it was making a lot of traditional media outlets and politicians look terrible. We're talking 80 to 90% down votes in some of the White House press releases past couple of years, many years actually. But there's some folks on YouTube actually showing the Mr. Beast down votes. After Mr. Beast's endorsement of Chris's decisions, it's gone down, 50, it's basically 50-50 in terms of 50% say yay, 50% say nay on the videos that include Chris, which is not too surprising when you look at the country is traditionally divided about 50-50. And right now he's still getting the views and the views is what, that's what pays his bills. Um, as well as the, you have the endorsement deals and you have the sponsorships where a company will sponsor a video, give him a check and you know, sponsor the logo, what have you. But a lot of his revenue is directly from YouTube ad monetization or YouTube pays him a money based on the number of views per video. Now, everyone is still watching right now, apparently, but they're downloading it. What happens if half his audience disappears or not? That being said, he'll still be the biggest YouTuber of all time, but he will have less resources to work with to make his videos to support his philanthropic capabilities and his activities. So it'll be interesting to see how this divides his audience. And I mean, I, I really hope the, the kid and the mom are, are okay as they're all going through this new unprecedented situation that their family has not been through before. And many are criticizing Chris for making a selfish decision 
where traditionally, well, the way I was taught, when you're a man, you sacrifice, and once you get married, you have kids, you sacrifice your happiness for your wife and your child. Your primary duty is to provide and protect for them. Be damned, you're, you're not supposed to be selfish. And many, many people are calling that a selfish choice. Now I'll be interested to see how things progress. Now, let me know in the comments, do you think his video is going to crash? Do you think it'll get more popular because of that endorsement, as many people do agree with that? Or do more people not agree with his stance? Time shall tell. Now, going into the political part of the podcast, we have the Pentagon leaker was caught. This is the leaker that let everyone know how much money was being embezzled with the Ukraine situation. Also, troop activity, the actual casualty numbers that show that Russia really isn't doing that. Not as bad as the media was telling us. And this is a fascinating situation where the media helped hunt this leaker down. And many are starting to see the continued polarization of politics and laws where rules for thee but not for me type of things. But it's actually more along, and you're noticing, party lines. Now, when Tr President Donald Trump was in office, when you had leakers and whistleblowers, they were highly praised by the media. And everyone said that we actually have to have more laws to protect those individuals. And to a certain extent, I do agree, there has to be a venue for whistleblowers in certain situations because no man or government is invaluable. There are situations where you do need to have that data released. Now, when Trump is in office, they're protected, they're praised, and they even had the media just held them in the highest honor. And we actually still don't know. They even tried to hunt them down. So when it came to the Supreme Court recently, when they had a pre-release of the ruling on Roe versus Wade, which is the law that codified abortion to be legal, when they released, they had a pre-release that said, we're probably gonna overturn that, give it to the states. No one, we still don't know who leaked that data. That's the first time in history that the Supreme Court had a leak. One would think you would put a lot of resources on that. And in that particular situation, all that did was cause, it actually caused an assassination attempt. I believe it was um, Justice Roberts is one of the conservative judges. Again, uh, correct me in the comments. And it also put a lot of intimidation where they were actually protesting outside Supreme Court justice houses, thereby intimidating them since I don't think anyone would agree. I don't think it's appropriate to protest directly outside, outside someone's domicile or house. And you have a whole group of people yelling. It's not a very peaceful activity. If they were at the Supreme Court itself or a public building, I would think that's more appropriate, especially because you're not supposed to know their addresses. In this case, the neighbor actually ratted out one of the Supreme Court justices so that everyone know where he lived. Talk about neighbors betraying you. Times aren't like they used to be. Now, we still don't know who leaked all that information, but... In this case, we know the whistleblower is Jack Douglas. He had, so you had one young guy, I believe he's about 21 years old. There's a full-blown military operation, helicopters, armored cars, SWAT, fully automatic weapons. They all converged on him. And the most interesting, perhaps a node to a science fiction film called Equilibrium, which starred Christian Bale. The movie was about censoring works of art and can't have that because it has people feel feelings. So he had to purge everything that was made before the new regime took over. In the movie, one of the best scenes was, I believe it was Sean Bean, spoiler alert, but he succumbed to his feelings and he started to embrace traditional old art. And when Christian Bale was still under the influence of the drugs and the authoritarian state government, 
he captured Sean Bean. He was reading a book, which was banned. And you have Jack Douglas, who was at home peacefully reading a book as he saw all hell break loose and the whole force of a military come after him to arrest him. And he will be, he'll be tried. It's coming out that we know more and more details that his family is traditionally conservative. They serve in the military capacity. I believe he was specifically part of a, well, I believe, I forget what the actual branch of the military was. I think it was a, a support group. Or not support group. Again, I'm still learning about all these mil different military denominations and different branches. But I think it was a state form of the military. And correct me in the comments again. But it was one of those things where you had the whole force might going after that one guy. And thankfully, he wasn't hurt in the proceedings. He was arrested. But given his background and how it made the government look bad, I can guarantee you they're going to throw the book at him like no other. He may never see the light of day. And a lot of people are suspecting just because of certain political affiliations and who he may look bad. Now, time will tell, but he shed light on a lot of darkness that we didn't see previously. And it was a direct, it's basically the antithesis of what the media was telling us. It was the direct opposite when it came to all those different, different topics. I mean, you have United States troops in Ukraine training them. We, we were told that would not happen. You have Russia being told what we're better, Russia doing better than what we've been told. You have Ukraine actually doing offensive military actions in Russia, where we were told they were acting in a defensive capability. And again, I'm not saying one country is right over the other. I'm saying we weren't told the full story, and he exemplified, he showed that. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses. Now, other interesting political news, you have Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida signing a six-week abortion ban this was after the GOP legislator approved the ban last Thursday, and he signed it hours later. And it's one of those fascinating things where Republicans actually did something. And for the longest time, they seemed to sit on their lures. Because I know, traditionally, I talk to family, friends, and you look at the historicals of what the hell have they done for you. They get elected, and they're very bombastic sometimes, but always, there's a wise coach in football, I believe, where someone they'd always be talking smack and he was always very eloquent he would always just say one thing he would turn around and go scoreboard it's a very classy way of putting it but if you look at the accomplishments there's certainly some tax breaks but a lot of these folks are elected but they don't actually execute on the things they promulgate that they'll do which cause a lot of disdain in many of their supporters so it's interesting to see DeSantis actually can you continue his path of actually promulgating the ideas that he campaigned on and also Florida continuing to do what their voters want? Their constituents voted them to get in the office. One of the primary reasons that Republicans vote, or many of them, a single issue when it comes to single issue voters, a lot of them believe abortion is a evil and moral act. Killing babies isn't a good thing. And from their perspective, he's doing one of the most aggressive campaigns or aggressive acts. If you look at the country in terms of where abortion rates cut off, there's a lot of different folks. I believe Minnesota is already up to nine months. So if you're nine months, you decide, eh, I'm gonna call an audible. They'll allow you to perform that procedure. And you have other states that are a lot more conservative. They reserve that to much more earlier in the gestation process. And it's a very polarizing topic. However, if you look at the polls, many people believe after, I believe, six months, you should probably know what the hell you're doing 
um, rudimentary speaking. So there's a lot of public opinion or public positivity around the late-term abortions. And to go this far is fascinating, especially because there's a lot of speculation he might be running for president. However, given the current incumbent Republican fan base and the folks who actually register and vote Republican, this could solidify his position as a primary presidential candidate. He hasn't announced it yet, but there's a lot of speculation that he's priming up for that. It is interesting to see nationwide, is this going to turn off more voters or is it going to attract them new voters? A lot of folks I know, Republicans, this got their attention, but nothing else did. So for him to actually follow through on the core topic or the core value of them, that got their attention where before that they, didn't, they barely knew his name. So from a certain perspective, it got his name on the map for the GOP candidacy. Now, let me know in the topics, do you think this is going to be a net positive for DeSantis or a net negative? So let me know what you guys think down there. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Walmart divesting yet another brand that they bought somewhat recently. So they're going to sell a clothing, men's clothing line called Bonobos. Bonobos? B-O-N-O-B-O-S? I guess it's a fancy clothing brand, direct-to-consumer. Personally, I try to buy clothing every six years or so. So I'm not the person to ask when it comes to fashion advice or where you buy certain clothing. Now, Bonobos, they're going to be selling it to WHP Global Express. So Walmart's going to be selling it to them for about $75 million, which is not great, especially if you consider Walmart purchased the brand for $310 million, which means the actual total cost of investment made what, 320, 330? Because you're not just buying the company, you have to integrate all of your different CRM tools, you have to integrate all of your data, then you have to manage that company. I doubt they treat it like Berkshire Hathaway where they buy a company and they let them do as they're doing because they're already profitable. But this is again yet a trend Walmart is coming to where they bought a lot of these brands. I believe the last one was Moose Jaw. Yes, it was. So Moose Jaw, that was a sporting retailer that two months ago they sold to Dick's Sporting Goods. And you're seeing Walmart divest more and more of these companies, which makes sense from a business perspective. If you look at Bonango, Bonobos, Bonangos, correct me in the comments, there's probably someone who knows how it's pronounced, although their marketing should probably be better to the point where you know how to pronounce it intuitively. Nevertheless, from what I, my little research has gained, that they were a higher-end men's clothing brand. So think of a premium brand, which kind of goes against Walmart's core value of best ROI, cheaper price point, I believe it's, I feel like I forget their jingle or their current vernacular around their slogan. I know they have great value as one of their store brands in the store, the off-brand of like beans or whatever people buy for food thing. It actually says great value, which is their off-brand manufacturer. Now, to have a premium brand associated with them, I don't know what the CEO is thinking. Apparently this is when they were trying to compete with Jet.com which was a big e-commerce platform that was starting to rival Amazon in terms of provenance and really was growing fast. Walmart eventually bought them so they could continue to bolster their e-commerce platform to compete with Amazon. Nevertheless, Bonobos is a premium brand. A lot of people didn't see the two coming together where it's Walmart and that. So to have all that investment over $300 million and you're only getting 75, that, that is certainly the business blunder of the day, bar none. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Again, thank you for your feedback. Don't forget, if you'd like to see more content like this, do like, subscribe, comment. 
Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell everyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.